Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 66. Yeah, I got excited. I pressed the air horns a little too early, <laughs> but it is the first episode of 2022. And Come on. let me. Let me tell you, this is this is going to be special. Okay. We spoke yeah. about this individual on episode 13, which I feel like we spoke this into existence. Big okay? time. Big time. My man just finished dealing with Ellen. Yes. Hey. Ellen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really gotta say anything else, right. but you know, right. he's he's been on multiple podcasts, multiple shows. He almost at a million followers. Okay. The most authentic person on social media right That's now, real. we got wall street trapper coming onto this podcast right now. All right. Moose, how are yeah, we feeling about to, this episode? What a way to kick off the new year. I just got to say that I had to tell a brother on, you know, straight like, man, I'm one of the more skeptical people. And for me to be uh, that, open to like wanting to connect with someone and we have never talked before that lets you know like th this person is is an honest person a man of integrity and that's what matters most so i'm super excited to uh to bring this person on the show i know long intro but let's get into the next intro all let's right let's go two kids from queens cut from a different cloth now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So I know we normally do review of the week. I know. I owe you two next week, okay? I owe you two next week. I'm getting straight into this. Uh, listen. Yeah, let's all right? get it. Listen. The fact that we said on episode 13, like, yo, watch out for my man. Like, please watch out. He's been doing crazy things. And to now, by accident, because we had a conversation, he's like, yo, you're not, you're not, you're not fooling with me? Am I not good enough for Nikki and Moose? I was like, are you serious? Are <laughs> Come you on. Look, yeah. like, I don't understand. But look, from the trap to Wall Street, like, I I'm not, I'm not saying much. You see, you see Let's who's go. on the screen. You see, Let's go. you see who's on the screen for my there video. For my audio people, the person who is on the screen right now is Wall Street Trapper. What's Trap, how you feeling, man? Yeah. What's good? What's good? What's good? Man, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. You're right, nigga. I thought y'all ain't rocking me over there. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, can, we can start this early. I promise you. Okay. We can, we okay. can go. We can but go. I knew, I knew it was official because the minute I said that, you chastised me. It was like, nope, we doing it. Say the word. I was like, oh, okay, she's serious. So definitely, definitely, definitely correcting me right quick. And I appreciate both of y'all for having me on here, the whole team. I'm excited to be here, for real, for real. Listen, Moose, I said this got to be the first one of the year. You know what I mean? 100%. It got to be the first one. Nah, we got to start. What a way to kick off a new year. Yeah, this is going to be fire, man. I'm, I'm excited for this. But, yeah, Trap, man, I mean, 
phenomenal year, a, a, a great 2021. I think stretching back through the pandemic, you've really served as a staple for the community. But for, as Nikki would say, the, the, the one or two people out there who might not know you, uh, give them a quick intro, man. Who is, uh, who is the Wall Street Trapper? Dang. So Wall Street Trapper, man, just grew up in New Orleans, right? Um, saw my mother get shot early, and that kind of set a tone for my life. Um, 16, I went to prison for attempt murder on robbery, product of the same violence that I saw, right? Because I just felt like it was a necessary evil. It was what was necessary. It was needed around me. Um, kind of like a lion hunting, right? It's, it's gruesome to people who don't understand what it takes to survive in that environment. Um, went to prison and, and it was in prison where I got introduced to financial literacy. Uh, went to the whole solitary confinement where a guy, white guy, he told me, he was like, Yo, y'all playing the wrong game, man. And just immediately I had, like, I was so aggressive in that age and in that state of my life where I met that with more aggression. Like, what do you mean? Because all I knew was the game. So I kind of felt like he was insulting what I knew and the life that I knew and understood and that I lived. And he immediately, he was just like, no, 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 like, I'm not being disrespectful, like y'all playing the wrong game. And so I'm like, like, what you mean by that? Like, you ain't here with me. So what game, like, what game you playing that I ain't playing? Right. And it was this conversation is so amazing. Um, and he was just like, Yeah, I'm I'm doing 18 months, but um, I'm in here for embezzling $2.8 million. He was like, You ever seen $2.8 million? And the one thing about prison is like you can say whatever you want to say. But the paperwork always tells you the truth. So I'm like, man, let me see your paperwork. So he showed it to me. Uh, he paid 800000 restitution. He kept $2 million to himself. He's doing 18 months. He was like, now, nah, what are you in here for? Mm. I'm like, damn, I'm in here for a 10 murder on robbery. He was like, how much time you face? And at the time, I didn't have my time yet. I was like, shit, 10 to 99. Damn. Wow. Like, that was a, that was a reality check right there. Still like, a teenager at that time, right? 16. I ain't even made wow. 17 yet. And I'm just like, dang. Okay, so how do I play that game? Like, how do I do what you do? And so we just started having a conversation. Now, I'm in New Orleans, so at the time I got a red band. So in New Orleans, a red band means attempt murder, on robbery, you know, violent offense. And he has a, a red and white band. So that automatically lets us know, let me know that he's going to the feds. So it's crazy, but like in, in prison, like, a federal charge kind of like has a hierarchy to a state charge. You kind of look at that different. So we just started talking, man. And he just started telling me like, you know, wealthy people do these things. Like wealthy people stop trading time for money. Wealthy people start making their money work for them. Wealthy people learn how to give value to people. The first two I had never heard in my life ever. I made him explain that to me. The third one, I didn't understand it until I started my own business. And so I was like, damn, this makes sense. So as, as he got me into that and he started walking me through that, he was like, this is how you make your money work for you. This is what wealthy people do. They buy stocks, they get into real estate and they start a business. They, be, they understand what financial literacy is. Now, remember in the streets, this ain't, this is a whole conversation. This sounds like Chinese to me. I had never heard nothing like this. Everything up until this point in my life was survival. One plus two means, you know, one plus one equals two. That's how we get money. If you can count money, you can subtract money, you can make it. 
I don't understand nothing about wealth and making your money. That is, I'm like, what? So I'm in awe at this time. So I really just spent the rest of my 10 years, man, just um, learning about financial literacy, learning about like, how do I play a different game than the people that I knew? Um, And so when I got upstate, when I got to prison, when I got, you know, to the penitentiary, I got introduced to like CNBC and I started like, look like, damn, like these white people really making a whole lot of money and they're not risking their life for it. Like that was a moment that had me like, damn, because in my mind, I thought the only way I thought at that point that the only way that you could be successful in life was you had to do something illegal. And really and truly, if you wasn't in the streets, like what you doing? Because everybody that I knew that was working two jobs that was work, they were struggling. Wow. Right. And the only people that had like some type of power were the football players, the rappers or the dope boys. Like that was it. Everybody else was struggling. There was no in between. So I'm just like, damn, like they know something I don't know. So I just started like really learning it, educating myself about it, started looking at the Warren Buffett. It's crazy because in prison, I always say this, that. These grown men love to watch and the young and the restless. Like Victor Newman is the man in prison. So I would have to get up before that came on, you know, and watch CNBC and just like, dang, like, it's just like the streets. And like once I made that comparison, it was like, boom, like everything started clicking the books and everything, it started making sense to me because I was able to like, okay, like this is like the streets. This is like going to somebody's neighborhood. This was a terror fit. This is like paying draft. Okay, this is like having a trap really jumping. Okay, this is a product, this marketing and branding. I knew those things already, but from a different component. I knew how to run a successful business, but just from a different component. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, You know, got home and all that went out the window. I just... Got back to hustling. (laughs) Got back to hustling because I'm back in survival mode. Right. Right. Like it's hard for you to think about. And that's what that's one of the things that make me so authentic with my brand is because I understand that most people are in survival mode. The next meal is more important. How you want me to think about the future when I don't know what the next six hours look like? You know, I don't know what that's going to be. So I was back in survival mode and caught another charge. This one almost took me out. Um, my dog got kicked in. You know, whole lot of drugs, whole lot of guns, whole lot of money that just, it's crazy because even at that point in my life, I would be in my trap house or in my crib. Even if I was bagging up, I would still watch CNBC. And one of the most profound moments of my life during that part was I remember when the police kicked in my door, I remember me sitting in the living room handcuffed and CNBC was on. And the man said, you got to be a uh, 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 to be doing this and watching this. And let me know that you got some sense, but you ain't using it. Mm. Wow. The man told me that. Wow. Like, that was like, damn. You know what Wake I'm saying? Man? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was... Like, it, it still sent chills on my body thinking about that because I'm sitting on my sofa, I'm handcuffed, and I'm like, damn. And and I, I'm not even thinking about it, but, but for the police to see that and, like, for them to look at the two and, like, you out of your mind. So I was blessed to be able to beat those charges. Thank God for that. 
Um, and then I just started robbing dope dealers then because I felt like, well, I can't be on the block hustling because this is going to take away too, this too much time. And so in my mind at that point, I was like, well, you know, the streets always teach you that the only thing that you have is your life to leverage your brain and your intellect and your smarts. Everything that you do, every move you make is about advancing on the chessboard, not the chessboard of life but the chessboard of the streets. How do I make another advancement? Everybody has a part to play, whether you're a pawn, a bishop, a knight, whatever it is. So I was like, all right, well, hustling on the block really not my thing no more because I'm fighting charges. So I'm about to just rob dope boys. And at that point, all they could do is see me in the street. They can't call the police. Nobody can't rat on me. I'm good at this point. Um, got a, That lasted for a minute, you know, did my thing with it. Um, but then I got in a situation that was real bad, almost got killed. My homie saved my life. And at that point, I was like, man, I'm about to just give it up. And I got found out guilty. I got another charge of return. I did 10 years. I came too close to death at this point. Like, the dude got the 12 gate to the back of my head. And I'm like, bro, this, man, this is how I'm about to go out, man. And, you know, again, God blessed me again. So I was like, all right. And I just told my partner the money we took from that. I was like, bro, you can have it. I'm good. I'm out. And I just focused like on this. And a day came to me. I was at work. I was building stadiums and power plants. Um, and I remember the man was trying to get me to cut my beard. And I was like, man, I ain't cutting my beard off, man. And I walked off the job. And I started the brand. I ain't never looked back. And I, wow. believe, that, I believe that everybody should go all in on something in their life. Something you should just go all in on. Don't worry about the risk. And when I went all in, my biggest fear was that I was going to go back to the streets. It wasn't that I wasn't going to be successful as an entrepreneur. It was if this didn't work, I was going to go back to the streets because I already told myself, once I walk away from this job, I'm never going back. Hmm. Right. I'm never going back. Because as an iron worker, I was working 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, 84 hours a week, 94 hours a week, you know, making, you know, I built a Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Like, I built stadiums and power plants across the world. That's brutal work. But for me, it was like, all right, it was like, if I walk away from this, I ain't never coming back. So it's either be a successful entrepreneur or I'm going back to the streets. And that was my biggest fear. It wasn't feeling as an entrepreneur. So God bless me, and man, here I am right now. So I'm thankful for everything I'm at right now. Wow. Trap, on this show, we -hmm. break down personal brands from a Mm -hmm. branding side and a business side. However, Mm -hmm. before we really get into that, I got some pictures that Mm -hmm. I want you, what's the first thing that pops in your head, and some of them are what are some of the lessons that you learned from these pictures? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so the first one, right? Mm. What comes in first your mind? thing? Committed. Okay. That was my first ever workshop. Mm. 20, 20 people showed up. Mm. 20 people showed up from the try the Wall Street. And I was that was me saying I'm committed. Didn't, didn't know about speaking. Honestly, I used to listen to Eric Thomas and Inky, Tom, Inky Johnson all the time. And I was like, I'm committed. I'm committed. That was it. My first workshop right there. 
and that was 20 people. 20 people. How many what people were in that, that last one? Uh, <laughs> last workshop I did by myself, I did 700. I did 700 people. What yeah. you asked, Moose? Oh, what year was that when you started first here? Uh, this was 2018. It's actually two months after I walked off the job. Wow. Wow. All right. Two months after. That was me throwing myself in the water. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Next picture. Mm. So with this picture is our, our exposure. Okay. And the reason why is because this is the dude's name, Phil Town. And he was one of the dudes I used to study so much. Took my first mentorship through him. Um, he exposed me to a language. And he even talked over my head because he didn't understand how to talk to me. Okay. Right? I wasn't his ideal client. But the reason why this was so important to me is because I remember him telling me, I want you to come teach for me once you finish the mentorship. Because I know you're powerful. He told me that. He told me wow. that that day. That day he told me that. And it was the exposure of me listening to him, reading his books, seeing him and his daughter. I was like, yo, this is different. The conversation he having is different. Okay, cool. And I remember him exactly telling me that. He was like, when you finish this mentorship, I want you to come teach for me. Because you're powerful. You real powerful. I remember that. Mm. Wow. Yep. Got another one. Ah. <laughs> oh, let me do better for the for the audio people. I'm out here like not even paying attention to the audio people. So on this picture right now is uh we we've talked about this man a few times, through several right. times. Uh Rick <laughs> Ross, okay? He I'm gonna let Trap speak the rest. We made it. Mm. Mm. We made it. Um, in the sense of when I came home in prison, Ross and Jeezy outside of Wayne were people who molded me mentally. Okay. Because they spoke a language that you had to be in that to understand, right? Some of the intricate details. So, and I remember like hearing Jeezy and hearing Ross and being like, yo, I'm, I'm about to boss up. Uh, I'm about to trap it out, you know, just being there. So I remember pulling up to the mansion, like, yo, I'm about to beat Ross. This is crazy. Right. Me thinking about everything I've been through in my life. And the reason why we made it made sense because I understood like when I'm talking to Ross, the way he look at me when I talk to him, he'd be like, trap, you talking that talk, boy. And that's the same way I used to feel listening to his music. Right. You, and you know what I'm saying? So, and I knew what this picture meant to the people that came from where I come from the people that come from the hood, the people that's in the trenches who look at Ross, look at and be like, yo, like wanting to have them dope boy dreams, right? Wanting to be that man, wanting to be the, you know, because Ross talk, Ross talk a different type of talk. 
Yep. So for, for people that come from where I come from to see me, the representation of that was, damn, Trap did it without hustling. But we made it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, I ain't, I ain't doing rapping. I ain't doing hustling. I did it all for understanding finances and financial literacy and understanding how to invest. So that imagery represented something different to the people who saw me and who came where I come from. So we made it. It's like, yeah, I know now that what I represent is way bigger than what anybody else knew, but it represents what my vision from the beginning. And my vision was always to be the voice of the streets, but for finances, not rap, not sports, not entertainment. That's good. That's good. All right. I got another one. Let's see it. Master P. Come on now. That one. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word for me in the moment because when I met P, it was kind of like meeting Mr. New Orleans in a way. Mm. Because for so long, you know, between P and between Baby, they carried the torch for New Orleans. Right, like they put that flag on their back. And for him to talk to me in that, shout out to my people from EYL who brought me there. And he had a conversation with me in that moment. He said, this was the most, this powerful for me right quick. I walked in the room, they having an interview, they talking. So I'm in there, I'm just listening. And in the middle of the interview, they said, oh, that's Wall Street Trapper. Man, we follow you. Mm. He says that. And I was like, and and the guy from Rapsonax, James, he said, yeah, man, that's, he the man, like he the one. And Wise Intelligent, they all on that Rapsonax team. They was like, nah, trap, the one, trap. And he was like, P, this is the one I be telling you about. And P was like, oh yeah, I've been watching him. Mm. That, was, that was different for me. So that's like, when I when I say I don't have a word for that, I, like I was like stuck for a minute, like, what? Piece he said he oh, it's crazy. So yeah, like astounded, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Okay, right? Yeah. Breakfast Club. <sighs> the Breakfast Club interview. Shout out to Charlemagne, Envy and Yee. Um, Breakfast Club interview, it was excitement. Okay. It was excitement. And the reason why is because I knew now my voice was about to be heard by everybody that needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. You know, when you're on podcasts, every podcast has this, they thing, they audience, they people, they attract. But I knew me being on a breakfast club was going, and, I, and the crazy part, the dope part about that, I'm going to just keep it 100. I, that came to me. Mm. Like no PR or no nothing, that came to me. And I remember, like, leaving that show, walking up the street for a, walking up the next block, kneeling down and shedding a tip. Mm. Mm. I remember that, like, vivid. I remember, like, leaving out, the, leaving out the studio, like, looking back, walking down and shedding a tip because that was me, that was me, that was the moment I realized, like, your voice just went bigger than you can even think at that. You know, you got to think the breakfast club is, you know, hip hop Oprah Winfrey, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, and then for me to make those relationships enough for Charlamagne to tell me, yo, bro, you need it, King. 
You know what I'm saying? And for me to understand mental health the way I did because of me listening to Charlemagne, I remember walking in that studio, tell the first thing before the interview, cameras on, like, Charlemagne, I just want to tell you I appreciate you because you made me realize how important therapy was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that, that one, tears of joy. Yeah. And Life Flex <laughs> that has, yeah. like, about three million views. I just... Just sprinkle that out there. We did uh two million in a month, man. And and the reason why that was amazing because that let me know the culture was ready to hear it. Yep. Like there's artists that go in there, big artists don't go get a million. We did two million in a month mm-hmm. on that. So that was, yeah, that was epic. Yeah. And, la- epic. and last one, The Ellen mm. Show. Mm. Game changer. The Ellen Show, people. That's what's on right now. The Ellen game Show. Changer. And the reason why that's a game changer, too, is because, again, that came to me. Twitch is such a great dude. That's the dude who, that's the king who hosted me that day. And I remember when I got there, he and I told him, he said, man, I was telling him about you. And I was like, that's how it came. That's how it came. And for me, it was important because, and there's nothing against Ellen giving me that interview. I was so happy that he gave me the interview because you got to see two black men talk about financial literacy on a national scale. That's good. And it was accepted. That was amazing for me. Monumental is what we call that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Nah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to just listen to you kind of reflect on those and yeah. be so present through each of them because it really just sh- it shows you the path, the growth from the very beginning to uh, as late as last week, you know, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But Trap, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about it from a business standpoint now because, okay. you know, as you think about your journey, especially introducing financial literacy to the urban community, to people who typically aren't interested in it. Because like, like you said, you know, there is very specific outlets that they have seen or we have seen as the best way to get out of, you know, our situation. And from a business standpoint, you had to make that product, that service attractive enough, you know, to get people to say, okay, let me, let me listen to it. Uh, mm. let, let me see what he has to say. Let me buy into it. Let me invest mm. into it. So talk about it when you finally just said, okay, I'm committed. I'm ready to make this adjustment. What were some of the, the business decisions that you had to make to really talk yourself through setting up the product or the service so that our community can be receptive of it? Mm. So I remember being on Instagram and and this is no shot to nobody, not seeing nobody that looked like me talk about investing. And I'm not saying it didn't exist, but I didn't see them. Right. And so I was like, okay, so, so nobody is talking about this to us? And like everybody that I knew that had a page, you know, didn't look like me. And furthermore, even further, like none of them were going live. So it was just a bunch of pictures, you know, images, do this, this stock, this, this stock, that. And I was like, damn. So I started DMing a lot of them. And 
I can tell within the conversation that you weren't black. Just keeping it real. I was like, okay, this is a young dude. This he 25, 26, he's 17, he's 18. He don't even understand us. Right. Okay, cool. So I understood it again because I just did so much work in prison. And so my mind said one thing. If I didn't understand it the way they talked about it, I know my people ain't going to understand it the way they talk about it. So what I need to do is I need to be the voice and I need to speak in the language for the people who understand me. Now, I'm going to keep it 100. In the beginning, I only focused on talking to people who was hustlers. Mm. Mm. I only wanted to talk to dope dealers, robbers, jaggers, dancers, people who knew about the streets. Because in my mind in the beginning, I just wanted to save street people. Like, I had saw too many of my homies, females, getting lost in the game. And it's because it's all we thought about. So my mind, I was like, all right, let me talk to them. Like, one of the early things I did was I used to get flyers printed. I used to go get 2,000 flyers printed. Real talk. And I would go in the hood in New Orleans and pass them out. And check me out on Instagram, bro. Check me out on Instagram, queen. Check me out on Instagram, fam. Like, in the hood in New Orleans, right? Because that's who I wanted to talk to. And I remember me saying, like, all right, what happens if you go to jail, bro? Like, what you talking about? If you go to jail, you come home, you don't have no money. But what if you take your hustling money and you had put it in the stock market and you came home, now you ain't got to get no front from nobody. You just go pull something out of the stock market. Nobody got to front you nothing. You don't owe nobody nothing. You in front the eight ball instead of being behind it. Good. And like, it was like, damn. Because we understand that with, with hustling comes prison and death. We already understand that. Yeah. Like, for somebody in the streets, that's a, like, all right, cool. Like, tell me something I don't know. You feel what I'm saying? So, for me, it was like, let me tell him that. All right, cool, bro. You go to prison. Or you fighting a lawyer. You don't got no bond money. What if you go sell your stocks and get bond money? Now you ain't got to go take another chance because now what happens is, because you don't got no bond money, now you got to double down in the streets to try to pay the lawyer, which leads to you catching another charge. Now you don't got no bond money or no lawyer money. You fighting two charges. You out of here. Mm. So what if you took the hustle money and put some of it in the stock market, let it grow for you, let it do this for you. And when the charge do come, you tell the people to do this. Now, for the people who don't understand, you talking money laundry. Listen, I was in the streets and I was just talking to street dudes. You feel me? <laughs> this was the language that we understood. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, even like females who I knew was dancing, I was like, yo, like you spending all your money because you don't know what to do with it. Look, put the money in the stock market. It could do this for you. So that was my first. So in business, I had to find my audience. Like I had to find people who understood and who I related to. I ain't want to teach to everybody. Because I knew everybody wasn't going to understand trap or talk. Everybody going to understand triple beams and bag it up. And everybody going to understand that. So I just want to talk to people who I related to. And I just doubled down on that. And I remember getting criticism like, why you think all black people dumb? And I was like, I ain't never said that. But I know who I'm talking to. Right. Like, Jenny Craig only talks to people who want to lose weight. 
You feel what I'm saying? Who yeah. want to be healthy. That's who she talked to. That's who they brand as fuck. So for me, it was, this is who I want to talk to because if I can help people in the street, I can keep some of us out that penitentiary. I can keep some of us from dying early. I can help some of us out because nobody don't want to talk to us. Everybody just throw us away and leave us out. You know, oh, you a hustler. You're you going to die anyway. My, some of my family was like, oh, you're going back to jail anyway. It's cool. I'm not mad at them because that's the life I was living. Right. So in business, I wanted to talk just to them. And I, and I, and I think I stuck to that to, to answer the question. Like I stuck to just, this is who I'm talking to. I don't care about nothing else. I'm just talking to the streets. That's it. All right. So we heard earlier your story. Now, mm-hmm. how did you get comfortable speaking your story online? And what was the very mm-hmm. first content that you did that? And what did you learn from that? So I had a partner. His name is Greedy. Um, so I used to always talk to all my homies about stocks all the time, all the time. Like it consumed me. Right. And I remember again watching the other the other stock pages, and I remember going to them, asking them, like DMing people, like, "Yo, how how did you create that?" And out nobody would answer me. Like, Yo, how did you create that graphic? How did you create that graphic? Nobody would answer me. Like, all right, cool. And I had a friend of mine. Her name was Danielle. Um, Danielle had a clothing line. And so she was, Danielle is a preacher. And so Danielle is, she just create content all the time. And at this time, I ain't understand content. I'm like, yo, you always, like, how you be doing that stuff on Instagram? Like, putting them pictures together. Like, how you do that? Right. So she introduced me to Canva. She was like, you get on, I'm like, Canva? I don't know how to work that. So for about two weeks, she walked me through how to, like, take images from Canva you know, put them on there, type them on. She's always telling me, don't pay for it, get the free stuff. And I used to be like, all right, but I saw the free stuff was limited. And so for me as a hustler, you don't mind paying for stuff. So I ain't care about, so I bought the Canva Pro and it just unlocked a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me just follow what the other page is doing, but let me talk it in my language. So my first content used to be horrible, but I was consistent with it. Like, I was with it. And so I said, they don't ever talk to us. They don't ever talk. Nobody's going live. And I remember looking at Super. So Super and Judy were the big social media brands from New Orleans. Right. And I should tell my, you know, again, I bring my pot of greed in because Greedy told me, bro, like, you a nerd in a street dude body. Like, you smart. You just grew up in the streets, bro. Like, it ain't nothing you can't figure out. And I remember him telling me, you're going to change the world. But for your first six months to a year, don't sell nobody nothing. Just give them sample packs. Wow. Mm. He talked to me in a language that I understood. I was like, all right, cool. So when I saw what everybody else was doing, I was like, all right. And I looked at Judy and Super. And I said, yo, they live on Instagram Live. All right, I'm gonna just start going live. So me, you know, I ain't never been scared of nothing. So I just started going live and I just started talking to people. 
And one of the things I used to do too was I used to go live when I was at work. So it was easy for me to talk to people while I was at work because I used to tell them how I'm using my work money to invest. I'm using my work money to invest. You got to use your work money to invest. I used to show them my check. My check this week, $2,500. I would go to the bank. I used to do this every Thursday. I would go to the bank, cash my check in the bank, let them see the $2,500, and then let them see me transfer $1,500 to my investing account. I would, I would go live and do that. So it would it was a lot of those things happening in the beginning so they could see my authenticity. Again, I'm giving sample packs. I'm letting people see like, yeah, they got other stock pages, but none of them gonna go live. Right. They got other stock pages. How are they going to tell you about money? They ain't using any money. You don't see them using any money, right? Mm. And so that was some of the early things that were staple for me now. Like, oh, I still do it now. I go live two, three times a day sometimes, five times a week. I'm going live. I want you to see me. I want to talk to you, right? I want you to see that we still invest in money. So you don't just say, you making money off me. Nope, I'm investing 60% of my money, 50%. I'm still doing the same things. So those are the early things that still, on a bigger scale, I still do now. And what I learned from it was, in order to build a brand, People need to know you. Mm. People need to see you and people need to talk to you. And they need to see who you are in your authentic form. So in the beginning, I used to curse a lot. Like I done narrowed that down now. But in the beginning, I used to curse a lot, but I ain't care because it was who I was. And I used to, so people used to see me be like, damn, a trap. You know, damn, he real dude. And I was showing my account, Look, man, I'm putting a thousand dollars in here. So that authenticity was like, oh, okay, people like that. Okay, let me keep doing that. So just being authentic in the beginning and, you know, being, uh, letting people understand that I am them. And that relatability is what I keep to me to this day. A lot of game. A lot of game. I hope they catch it, the Knicks. I hope they catch it. Brother. He, and it's going nice and slow. Very linear. It's coming. It's coming, man. This is good, Trap. This is good. Now, Let's talk about when you start to see that this is working. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, hold on a second. Because mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting that some people think that the person that is big has been, maybe had this whole platform the minute you found out about them. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that at one point they had zero followers? Mm-hmm. They didn't have 900,000 followers? Like they built, and you kind of talked about the steps to building. Let's talk about the next step now where you're like, okay, people are listening, people are engaging, people are maybe asking questions mm-hmm. and maybe they're buying, they're interested. What was the next move to take it to a new level where it's like, okay, maybe I'm not, like you said, you had to figure it out a little bit. What was mm-hmm. the next move to take it to a whole new level and kind of scale this up? So again, I went back to my friend Danielle and she helped me write these, the, my eBooks. So when I wrote the ebooks, I was like, all right, cool. And then again, I quit the job. So now I don't have no, no income coming like I thought I had. So then I'm like, all right, cool. So I created the ebooks and then I was selling this service called a kilo pack. I was selling two ebooks and a one hour phone call for $197. And at the time, I probably had like maybe 3,000 followers, but I was doing eight calls a day. Wow. No lie. 
was doing eight calls, eight, nine, ten calls a day, bare minimum five calls a day. And I used to go to like, <laughs> that was hard work. But in my mind, I was like, yo, I was doing 12 hours a day, so this ain't nothing, right? But it was draining me. And so it's crazy I think about how this stuff happens for me in my life. It's, it's been some work. And I remember I met my my bro from Hood Estates, and he was somebody I admired. So it was right when Nipsey passed away. He had asked me to come out there by him, too. He was in Miami. And I was like, man, I ain't going to see. I don't even know that dude. I'm not going to see that dude, man. He tripping. Then he, like, two days passed later, he asked me again to come see him. I'm like, man, I'm not going to see that dude, man. I remember I went to California to go see, like, Nip, the shop and everything. And I was like, damn, because my goal was to meet Nip. I felt like my voice was going to connect with him. I was like, what I stood for and what he represented in my mind, I was like, man, me and that's dude, me and him going to connect. And... You know, I was heartbroken the way, like, I was so angry at the way he got, he passed away. I was like, damn. And then I remember my my bro, he called me. He was like, man, come see me. So I was like, man, you know what? What the hell? You know, and I went saw him. And for two days we talked and he said, man, you special. And I remember me and his wife talking, me, her, and his wife talking. And it was like, you got, you got something that you holding that's, it's holding you back. And I remember us having a conversation that brought me to tears and I released it to him. I released it, yo. And we all just had a big crying moment. And then he taught me about business. Mm. Mm. He taught me about business. He said, what you're doing is not scalable. You're going to burn yourself out. What you need to do is create something that all you have to do is create at one time. And then once you create it one time, every piece of content that you put out from this point on makes people go there. And I was like, huh? He was like, in every call that you've done, what is the data? I was like, dad, what are you talking about? He was like, like what they asking you? I was like, well, they asked me this, 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 this. He was like, cool. What have you learned? Like, what did you have already? Because you got to be able to answer those questions. I was like, da, 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 da. I told him what I learned. He was like, now take that, format it, and create a course with it. I was like, what? He was like, take that, format it, step by step, from easiest to hardest, from A to Z, create a course with it. Now you create the course one time. And everything you do, every post that you make from here on out, is make you make people now say, I need to get his course because you become the authority. You're already doing it. You're already going live. You're already putting the content out. Create that course and do it. I was like, damn, that makes sense. So God bless my great aunt who just passed. I had, I forgot to say this though. I When I quit my job, I went live and slept on my great aunt's sofa. I slept on her sofa. And I remember going in the back room Buy me a camera, buy me two lights, and for three days, I stopped taking calls, I wrote the notes out, and I recorded that course. Mm. And I recorded everything that I you know, was doing, and then sent it to my graphic designer. He put some, <laughs> one of the dudes that was creating slides on Instagram, I mean graphics on Instagram at the time, I paid him $200. 
I say, I need you already in this space. I need you to create slides for this, what I'm saying. And so he created slides for him. I paid him $200, got my graphic designer. We put my stamp on all of them, created the course. And that took me to another level because I stopped burning out doing those calls. And the course was now answering all the questions. And now I just created content to that. But then I took it up another notch and I said, well, I remember when I was learning, I had nobody to ask questions to. Hmm. I'm going to create a course that teaches it. And then I'm going to create a support group. And if I can create a support group now, once you take the course, I'm now in the group with you because I still love talking about this. And so if you've taken my course, now we in a group, you get to talk to me every day, all day. And so the two together took me to another level because I was given valuable information in the course. And then I was given as more because once you get out the course, now your mind starts to thinking about all kinds of stuff. And so now you get to come in a group and I'm with you right there in the group. And so that helped me get from doing one-on-one phone calls to scaling my business and me impacting more people, you know, more effectively. You're not going to get this information anywhere else. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is a different trap. Uh, this is a different conversation I'm trap. just saying. This, even this on big shows, you ain't hear none yeah. of this before. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, let me bring it back. Uh mm-hmm. When people are growing their brands, they have two options. They go with their name, mm-hmm. their real life name, government name, or they go with a, a tag, a stage name, however you want to mm-hmm. call it. Mm-hmm. Why Wall Street Trapper? And did you have any other names besides that? Mm. Um, first, let me answer the second question first. Nope, this was my first shot at it. Mm. Wall Street Trapper came out the gate. Um, if you look in that first picture that you showed, people don't even know that my brand name is from the Trap to Wall Street. That is the brand name. It's from the Trap to Wall Street. Um, and my whole idea behind that brand name was I wanted to show people that Wall Street was a different trap. It was a legal trap. But they did the same things that we did in the street. So we can convert from the trap to Wall Street, we could change our life. We as black men could think about being grandfathers, right? Mm -hmm. Like longevity. And then I said, well, if we're going from the trap to Wall Street, that means we trapping on Wall Street. And if you trapping on Wall Street, that make you a Wall Street trapper. And so I remember shooting it to my graphic guy who I've been with now for 11 years. He's created, he's created all of my content. And so I remember saying, yep, that's it. Wall Street travel. That's it. And so we created that. But then it got a little deep because he was, I was like, yo, we need a logo. So the first logo was the, the trap house. The house is a, it's a trap. It's a house, trap house slash like bank. If you look at the logo from, from the Child of Wall Street, and I said, well, 
I can't just go by that and I'm not going by free because those people call me the streets. So we can go to trap. I said, I need a logo for that. So he was like, what you, what you got in mind? And I was like, we balancing the streets and Wall Street. So let's use the lever scale as a T. And then we'll just use the W from the Wall Street Trapper. And so we came with that. One shot, he hit it. I said, that's it. And then like a couple months passed. And I was like, you know, I got a little like, oh, man, I'm the OG of this, man. Like nobody ain't touching me when they come to stock. Nobody. I was like, I'm the OG. But it can't be OG Wall Street Trapper. And I was like, hmm. And one of my partners in New Orleans, he has a brand called um, American American Trap, American something. I forgot what Nino brand is. But every time he salutes you, he always say, Trap a certified. Mm. Every time he talks to like a real person, like a real one, like somebody that been through because he's been through it, he will always comment and he'll be like, yo, that's Trap a certified right there, boy. You know, that's my homie. He beat two murder charges. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like he'll be, he'll say OG certified, a trap certified. I was like, damn, I like that. And so I'm like, you know what? I can't be the OG trapper, but I could be a certified Wall Street trapper. And anybody that mastered the stock market, you will OG, but you can't be a, you a cert, certified Wall Street trapper. And so we put that around the logo and, like, that was it. Like <laughs> it, it can't, it was a one, like nothing ever was. This it, that ain't it. This it, that ain't it. It was always that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And believe it or not, I don't know how it impactful it is now, but in the beginning, my name alone attracted so many people to me. Yep. So many people were like, Wall Street travel. What the I used to get that all the time. So, yep, that's only one name. Only one name. One shot, one kill. <laughs> I can see why you picked the name. I can see it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Man, I, I want to get to a lot of the incredible things that you're doing now. But for some of the people who are listening to this and maybe they're just not convinced, I want to just talk to maybe I don't know some how. growing pains. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, but, but I want to talk to like some of the growing pains or just the challenges that might've come on the journey. Right. So one of my favorite things that I've heard you say is, and you've talked about it in the essence of stock. I want to talk about it in the essence of life real quick, because Mm -hmm. even as you've grown, you've been growing this business and seeing the success and all this stuff, there might've been some challenges. And I just want to show people who are listening, like, yo, you can still be successful, but that doesn't excuse you from challenges. right? Right. So I love when you say, how do you, when people ask you, how do you know when to sell a stock? Your mm-hmm. response is when the story changes, mm-hmm. when the story from why you bought it changes, that's when you know to sell it. Mm-hmm. So on, on this path, you know, maybe you, you invested in something, you, you took a path into a program or something and mm-hmm. the story changed life story, mm-hmm. you know, mental health story, any story, just talk about, you know, anything that comes to mind when, when you think of challenges on the journey that, Change the narrative a little bit for you, and you had to kind of navigate that to stay the course. Whoo, where do I start with that, man? So I remember in the beginning, I had a Chrysler 300, and I drove to Houston midway on my way back. The transmission goes out. Hmm. I'm like, damn. So 
I remember calling my homie. And one of my favorite things that Nip ever said was, on the process, you're going to face every emotion. I just didn't quit. And that always stuck with me. Like, that's one of my favorite things that he ever said. And so I remember when my call hit, I remember calling my partner in Vegas. I said, say, bro. And I kind of said it to him, like, defeated. I was like, bro, like, I'm about to come... I'm about to come to Vegas for a minute. We're going to Ram Stadium for like six months so I can stack up like $50,000. And my partner was like, oh, no, the hell you not. I was like, what? He's like, I'm not getting you on out here. Man, you got to stick with it, bro. Like, you tripping. Like, we counting on you. Mm. I was was like, damn. All right, man. So I remember sitting in the car like, all right. So I called my little cousin. My little cousin came scoop me, so I spent the night by her house. And in my mind, I'm just like, all right, think, free, think, 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 think. Like, how are we going to get back home? So I'm like, man, we're going to just get a rental car. So I had just got an Amax Gold car. And I was like, shit, we about to use this thing. You feel me? But I went back to the car for something, and the car cranked. I was like, yo, I might make it home. It makes it home. Wow. It dies in front of my great aunt's house. No lie. It dies in front of my great auntie's house. And I said, all right, cool. I went and looked in the mirror and I said, bruh, that's a sign. I got up the next day and got this tattoo on my throat. And the reason why I got the tattoo on my throat is my logo. And I got Wall Street Chap on my collarbone. is because I told myself that if I wake up any day of my life and I'm not doing this, it's nobody's fault but my own. Hmm. If I wake up doing anything other than this, it's nobody's fault through my own. Now, what does that have to do with the question you ask? It's simple. On your journey, it sounds good. Success sounds amazing. Making a million dollars sounds amazing. Making six figures sounds amazing. But the road to that is the most challenging. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. That was one thing, Navigate, that, that made me say, all right, cool. The next thing is, I'm not really tech savvy. Like, I'm tech literate, but I ain't tech savvy. And I remember creating my course, and I would have to go to people like, bro, like, how do I find this link? How do I do this? Like, I'm getting lost in emails. Again, this is totally against anything that I've ever been taught. The most at this point that I knew how to do was get on an iPhone or send a text, uh, you know, get on a computer and search something on Google, or I used to sell calls in an auction. But getting links, chasing down uh, authentication codes, web design, like, I don't know how to do that. So I remember one of my partners said, Boy, your life changed, boy. I said, what you talking about? He said, bro, you got me up at 7 o'clock in the morning chasing down a link. That's a long way from being on the corners, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, that minute, I was like, damn, my life is changing. So this whole information age, this whole technology thing, this was brand new to me. Like, I come from hand to hand. 
you know, I come from, oh, it hit me on the hip. So now I got to be in front of keyboard. I got to be in front of a computer. I got to go put an email address. I got to go set up a bank account that's going to attach this link to that link. Now that was brand. I was confused. Like I get, I get, I got to get up cybersecurity. Like I would get headaches and be like, man, I'm not doing that, man. I'm not doing that. I'm about to go do this. And I would just tell myself, like what Nip said, like, you're going to face every emotion. The thing is, I just stuck with it. And so those are just two emphases where me not having knowledge in certain areas could have discouraged me from doing it. But my will to say, you know what, like, man, it's bigger than me. Like, the streets need to hear Wall Street Trap. Somebody hustling needs you to find that link, bro. Somebody in a trap, somebody that's about to go to prison, somebody, they need you to keep going. They need you to get on a live and talk about it. Man, I had women in the beginning who, boyfriends, I remember two cases specific. They boyfriend, dope, just got kicked in. And it was like, trap, I just need you to talk to him on the phone and let him know he going to be all right. And I'm on the phone like, what's up, yo, on a three-way. Like, what's up, bro? Man, look, while you in there, man, read this book, read this book, go do this. It was moments like that that made me say, all right, we got to keep learning business. I don't care what you don't know. That's the stuff you got to learn not in. Like, what you don't know can't be an excuse for you not to succeed. You know what I'm saying? So Come those on. were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like certain stuff like that you know, what was challenging for me in the beginning. And I had to just learn it. And, and even now, stuff be challenging for me because, you know, building a successful brand, you always learn it, right? You just get familiar with the pain. and <laughs> be like, it ain't going to stop me. So just learning different things, you know, just like I said, I wasn't tech savvy at all. So even with graphics, what is a JPEG? Like, it may sound simple to me now, but I didn't know what that was. Send me a PNG file. What is that? I don't know what that is. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it sounds so simple now, but in the beginning, that was learning curve stuff I had to get over with. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. I don't want this interview to end. So I got like two more questions. I don't, I'm being selfish. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> And I'm trying. Everybody who knows me is knows that I am struggling not asking a nip question. So bear with me. It's coming <laughs> later. All right. It's coming later. Everybody's like, yo, she hasn't reacted to the nip references. Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> um, so you have a disgusting community for those people who <laughs> don't know what that means. It's a very amazing community. Okay. Like, they will like shoot for you. It's the craziest thing, right? Shout out to the trappers. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, shout out to the trappers. I want no smoke. It's like the barbs and, and the beehive. That's how Trap has his community. Let's let's get into a, a mini masterclass real quick. If mm. somebody is starting out trying to build a community, what are some of the first steps that you did? Because we heard the course part, but the community is a like I said, he has beehive vibes. It's crazy. 
what is like three steps would you give people on how to build a community? Uh, one, uh, I said this on a live before the, but give people the human experience. Like that's so important because everybody want to belong to something, right? But we want to belong to something that we can feel. Right. Something that like, we feel like, like when we listen to rappers and we listen to music, we listen to the person who we feel resonates with us. Like you can listen to somebody, I'm like, yo, that's trash, yo. And you'd be like, boy, you don't know nothing about this. Because whatever that person is saying, he's resonated or she's resonated with a part of your life. So for me, it was, again, I'm niche. I'm talking to the street people. This is who I'm talking to because I don't got a sugarcoat nothing for them. They know when I say, man, we ain't wearing nothing wet over here. That's going to trigger something to them, right? So if I tell them, yo, put it on a triple beam. You got to recalibrate the scale with the nickel. You got to be a trapper to know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to hit you like, oh, I get what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, the block hot. You know, it's Tuesday. You know them people on the sweep. You got to put them things in the attic, yo. Like, put them under the house. Put them under the step. Like, don't put the procaine on that. You don't want that right there. Like, a certain niche of people going to be like, mm, I know what he's talking about. Now, what happens is, as I grew, I started understanding that it was bigger than just the trappers, the street people. This was everyday people that just didn't have the information. So then I had to start doubling down on where was the neglect at and the pain points in my life? Okay, you know what it's like to steal water from your neighbor? Come holler at me. You know what it's like to steal electricity? Oh, come holler at me. You know you know what I'm saying? You know what it's like to steal out the thrift store? Come holler at me. Like, so then it was, let's broaden the language to talk to everybody who America neglected. Hmm. All right, cool. This is what we talking to them. So now for me, it was, let me not just try to tell people about investing, but let me tell them about the blueprint that's been given to them. That was a defective blueprint. You know, to work 40 years, to go to school, to do this, to go. Let me start pinpointing this in a way to make people start looking at themselves like, damn, this ain't the way I have been lied to. I do need another I don't have time. What is time freedom, Trapple? How much of your 24 hours do you own? Damn, I don't own none of mine. All right, cool. Like, what do you do with your money when you get it? You a consumer or you a producer? But damn, I do spend my money. All right, cool. So it was, let me build a community based off pain points. Because trauma binding is a thing. Right. So let me build a community built off pain points, but then let me show them there's relief on the other side. And the release comes from learning something that you didn't know already. Learning something from someone who has information, but who's also living it. Because it's different between somebody just having the information. Cool. The teacher in the school got the information. Right? The business teacher in school got the information on how to run a business. But does the teacher in school have a successful business? That's the key. So for me, it was... All right, let me show you that I'm investing. Let me show you I'm making the same sacrifices that you made. Let me show you this. So one, it was building the authenticity 
with my community, like speaking that in the language. Two, till this day, I still answer my DMs personally. Mm. Till this day. That was major for me because I even told my team that I was like, yo, like emails, like I need people to answer. I can't do that all the time. Text messages, that's cool. DMs, I will never pay nobody to answer. I don't care how big I get. Because that's the equivalent to me keeping my ear to the streets. Mm. So me, like I take two hours out of my day every day. I'm answering DMs. I'm talking to people. I'm giving, again, it still doubles down on giving people the human experience. Right? So I'm in the DM. I'm, yeah, what's up? What you doing? I'm cool. Say, Trap, I can ask you this question. Yo, what's up? What you got going on, fam? Man, what I should do with this $100, man? Look, don't even try to invest that, man. You need to invest in yourself. Go buy you a couple books, man. Go, damn, thank you, Trap. Man, so I'm three years in. I'm not zero. I'm 880-something thousand followers. I'm still answering my DMs personally. Some people don't do. And one of the things that I do still was I would go in the beginning, I would go on any page I could find that was talking about finances, investing, and I would answer all the questions they didn't answer. Hmm. How, wait, first of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. <laughs> yeah, so I would, search, I would search hashtags, anything, stocks, financial literacy, wealth, dividends, uh, black wealth, anything I would get on the hashtags. And I would get on these pages that had all these followers, and I would just skim through the comments. I would do this while I was at work, I would, and especially when I quit the job. I would spend hours doing that. Like them two, three, four o'clock in the morning, I was everybody sleep. I'm searching through pages. I used to do the EY all the time. Go on their pages, go through the comments. I'm answering comments about stocks, investing, taxes, saving, budgeting. Every page. I would do at least two, three hundred of them. Two, I would hold the conversation, then people comments. So now I take so I take my comments serious. You're not about to come in my comment section. And answer questions that I didn't answer. So I still go answer mm. When I make a post, my first hour of that post is dedicated to answering every question, replying to every person, all of that. And I even went a step further. You see people doing it now, but I can, I'm a I'ma say this. I was the first person that made. So if you go on my the my logo was the my emoji was the scale in an abandoned house. Mm-hmm. I was the first person. I was going everybody thing. Scale a banner house. Scale a banner house. Scale a banner house. I would do it because I got it from Nicki Minaj. I said, damn, like these little unicorn Barbie things are everywhere. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> yes. like, 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 you know her tribe come through. All right, cool. How do I do that? So I would go in everybody comment. When everybody go live, I would do it. Scale trap house. Scale trap house. This before anybody was doing it. And it was me stamping when I enter a room. Stamping. You know, if you're a trapper, stamping it is like a stamp. It's like when you get a brick, they got an eagle on it. So now when you do something with trap, it got that scale in that trap house on it. And that was part of me building my brand, authenticity, and my tribe in the beginning. All those things. And things I still do now. 
I love it. I love it. You said answering my DMs is the equivalent of keeping my ears to the street. You talk about protecting your community. Ain't no better way, and, and, man. And I love let's that. not and let's not front like this man doesn't have almost a million followers. Okay, yeah, let's not let's 100%. not pass that. Let's yeah. not do this. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. It's not like twenty k. It's not ten k. My man yeah. is almost at a mil. Come on, come on. Go ahead, bro. I'm, I'm That's up. real trash. That's real. Hey, I saw. I saw. Um, you know, everyone talking about. Hey, show the receipts. You know, I see. Mm-hmm. Some pretty big receipts of yours, like a day type stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm surprised Trap ain't on an island, you know what I'm saying? Kicking yeah. it off and just kissing this thing goodbye. But you have continued to follow your same model and reinvest, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, you're up to some pretty incredible things right now. Talk to us a little bit about the Wealth Connect, right? Trap Media, mm-hmm. like talk to us about some of this new stuff now that's coming out in 2022 that people are just going to be like, oh, this thing still has room to grow. Yeah. So, man, thank you for bringing that up, too. Um, you know, it's, I look at it like when you're in the streets, you you want to make a certain amount of money so you can get out of the streets. What most people don't understand is that nobody who's in the streets really, people who really are in the streets, they really don't want to be there. They just don't have an exit strategy. Mm. Right? They don't have an exit strategy. They don't, you know, they don't know because... You're making money, but you're paying for everything. And so you never really truly have an exit strategy. And so the streets always find a way of pulling you back in, even when you don't want to. But because that's all you know, you're like, damn, I got I got to do it. So for me, I see the game transitioning. I treat this like the streets. I see the game transitioning. I see what's going on. Right. And maybe a year ago, I was doing Trapping Tuesdays. And... I was doing Trapping Tools and EYL started Market Mondays. And we was going neck and neck. Like, but what happened was they had an infrastructure build out. Mm. I just had me. So between doing Trapping Tuesdays, doing everything I'm doing, I burned out. Mm. I was like, yo, I got to cut Trapping Tuesdays. Yo, I don't got the energy to do it. And my, my, my community beat me up about it. Wow. It was like, it was like, nah, like we need trapping Tuesdays. What are you doing? But I just didn't have a mental capacity to do it all. And I was like, all right, let's step back. So now, and I think everything happens for a reason. Again, for me, it was kind of like being somebody new in the game. And I'm about to show y'all, like, I'm a bully. Like, I can do it all. I, can't nobody outwork me. Can't nobody out. I don't care if you got eight people. You can't outwork me. You can't promote content out to me. You ain't going to talk that talk better than me because I'm trapped. But when somebody got an infrastructure, they can go 15, 20 rounds. You're going to get battered. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I got battered. I, I couldn't keep up. And it wasn't a challenge, but I just... I couldn't keep up mentally. So I said, all right, let me step back. I'm going to bring it back because it's in high demand. People love it and nobody can be trapped. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring it back. So I sat back and now I understood how to run my business. I understood how to run my brand. I understood where I was stretching myself too far. But most importantly, I brought people in to help me do things that were stretching me too far, that kept me from being the best version of trap. 
right? right? So I bring people in to help me do that. So even, I'm going to just say this right quick. When I started my community, I was writing everybody down by hand. Hmm. I was, oh, you logged in. This is your name. This is your Facebook name. This is the date that you signed up. I will physically add you into the group. I did that up to 1,500 people. So when somebody canceled, I would go back to the list, scratch their name. Wow. I did that for six, eight months. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. This, this is stretching me. I'm doing that. I'm answering DMs. I'm creating content. I'm doing Trapping Tuesdays. I'm traveling. I'm being a fault. Like, it was it was too much. So I started bringing, no, you can automate this. You can bring somebody in to do this. I'm answering emails. So once I bring people in to do those things, okay, you can be trapped. Easy. And so once I started figuring out, even though I know this, I don't have to do it. I can pay attention to it, but I don't yeah. have to do it. So once I bring people in the delegate to do that for me, I'm like, okay, I'm in this position now. So I'm like, all right, now let's get back to trapping Tuesdays. But now I know more. I'm better. I can speak better. I can do things better. All right, cool. So Big Trap Media is, I understand that the world is going media, mm-hmm. right? And I understand that this is level the playing field, right? So now I don't have to go to a big box or a big nobody. I already have a built-in audience who've been rocking me for three years already. Yeah. So I don't got to go to nobody. All I got to do is keep serving them at the highest level. So, okay, cool. So Big Trap Media is me saying, let me create my own media company. Now, another thing is, so I can now get off Instagram. I can use Instagram as a funnel to my own media business. And so now I own this IP and this. So if Instagram ever shut down, all my people know, well, I can catch him on Big Trap Media anyway. I don't even need to go on Instagram to get him. Mm-hmm. Not saying nothing against the platform, but I don't need that because if all of my bases on this platform, then essentially I work for them and I need them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, I'm all about freedom. And if I'm all about freedom, then how do I not let this man interfere with how I talk to my people, mm. how I communicate with my people? Because my people need my voice. My voice get them through. My voice do this. I relate. Again, relatability. Human experience. If I let him turn the switch off on me, I'm stuck. All right, cool. Let's create Big Trap Media then. And so the Well Connect is going to be my show um, where I get to talk to my people. It's going to be a live show that I get to talk to my people every Tuesday. Um, But under that, that's going to be the first thing under Big Trap Media and then we have two more things that I'm going to talk about that's falling on the Big Trap Media that's unique to me and that are edgy like me that I know is going to relate. And so what that does now is it gives me a catalog, right? I heard Kevin Hart say this a while back on an interview. He said, Jay-Z, Oprah, and um, he said, Jay-Z, Oprah, and somebody else, Tyler Perry, has given us the blueprint. Why are we doing anything different? And so I thought about it. I said, damn, they have given us the blueprint. Title, own, Tyler Perry Studios. Big yeah. Trap Media. Big Trap Media. All right, cool. So now let me own my own media company, own my own catalog. Shout out to my partner, Chad, with 85 South. 
He definitely mentors me in the media thing. Like, this is what you need to do, trap. This you need to do, trap. You got an audience. He told me something one day that was funny. He said, man, go look at Dave Ramsey, bro. That's all. Look at him. He don't say nothing that's going to blow you away. But he got a built-in audience that love him. Mm-hmm. That he own. He said, you that, bro. So that's the idea behind Big Trap Media is bringing my voice to my own platform, to my own people, to my audience, so they don't have to search for me. Um, another thing we did was I bought a farm, um, Asset Island. Um, is gonna be that's gonna be a show called Farm with Big Trap. Um, mm. I'm the same component that I did with the stock market and bringing it to farming. Why are you bringing it to farming, Trap? Well, because agriculture gets the most tax breaks of any any other investment landscape in America. Why? Because you're producing food and things for the country. So for me, it was, okay, cool. Again, it's another learning curve. I don't know the first thing about farming, but what I'm about to do is make that a family-owned business. I talked to my cousin this week. I'm like, bro, I'm going to pay your salary. You come here, but I'm going to also get a mentor. He's going to mentor you and me. You're going to live on the house. You're going to live on the farm. You're going to buy that. We got 40 acres of land. We got a whole lot of land. We got 300 pecan trees on it. Um, and we're going to turn it into goats, cows, and chickens. We're going to have all that. So it's me, it's me, yeah, it's me expanding yeah. that, you know, um, and just, I, I, I'm, I say that, I said this the other day, I said, I would rather die knowing that I took advantage of every opportunity presented to me than live a life full of regrets. Wow. 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 I real quick talk about another big acquisition because uh we, we we're big on the metaverse here uh, we're big don't on take the all questions, uh, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> i've been thinking about i'm like yo hold on there's one more there's one more acquisition come on yo go for right. it uh so you know i'm the nft the metaverse thing is is huge um and one of the things I pride myself on is being able to see what's coming. Um, I think we often overlook things or we think it's a trend or we think it's a fad and we don't pay attention to it, but the writings be on the wall. And this metaverse thing is real. It's five, 10 years out. But the beginning stages are now. Same way I feel about financial technology, fintech. I feel like it's real. It's going to change the world. So there's ways. One of the reasons why the wealth gap continues to grow in one class favor than another is because one class has information that they take advantage of. Mm. Another class, they don't have the information. They see it, but they don't take action. And so your wealth and success is built on the philosophy that you have behind money. And if whatever your philosophy is behind that, if you think money is scarce, if you think you can't afford something, then that's how you're going to live. For me, it's money is a tool, not a goal. So for me, money is a tool. Having a certain amount of money is never a goal. I just want to keep using the money to acquire more things that can keep me away from going to work for them people. Hmm. Feel me? I won't be yeah. mentally unemployable forever. So when I saw the metaverse, I was like, damn, like this, this is real. 
And so I saw Nike invest a couple million or a billion. And I said, yo, like this is real. Like these people really buying digital land. I'm like, all right. So I went to my team. I was like, look, again, me putting people around me that that can do things that I don't got to be good at. I'm like, yo, we got to buy some land in the metaverse. So my team hear me. My team got this thing. If he said one time, let it go. If he said three times, he's serious. That's that's my team. That's their motto. Because I say a whole bunch of stuff. So I said like three times, and then I would start sending them stuff. Start like, yo, this this just went for. And then one week, this would make me do it. And one week, three pieces of metaverse property sold for two million, two point four million, two point five million. I say, yo, we need land this week. I don't want here. Right. right. I don't get. So my team, we they got together. Um, shout out to Johanna. She does my cybersecurity. She, she, she dug it, and she, she showed me it on Sandbox. She was like, "Look, they got Sandbox. They got Decentraland. These are the biggest two. I said we need land on both of them. Mm. I don't care. I said we need land on both of them. So she was like, "All right, how much you willing to pay?" I said, "Man, price don't matter." What matters is where it's at. It got to be prominent. She said, all right, cool. So we went and we found some land next to Atari in the metaverse on Sandbox. So they had bought this square. And I remember looking at it like, man, I'm about to pay these people some money for some digital land, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, these people playing with me right now. I just bought 40 acres of land. And now I'm about to give these people some money for some digital land that ain't even real. Boy, it's a cold game they playing with us right now. And so the first piece of land was um, $20,000. And But we didn't have the stuff set up right. So we, we had to connect our... So we had the Coinbase account, but we had to get the Coinbase wallet. So you had to transfer the, transfer the money from the, wild, from the account to the wallet. I was like, all right, cool. So once we, we went back to get the land, it went from... In 20 minutes, it went from 20000 to $37,000. Wow. 20, 20 minutes. minutes. That's crazy. I promise you, it took us 20 wait, minutes to come back. First of all, you land. had to speed past that. Like, you yeah. didn't just say what you just said. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and I promise it only took, it took us, to, I was like, yo, what happened? She was like, I was like, damn. So I'm like, all right. She was like, you want to get it? I'm like, you know, I had to tell myself, like, am I about to get any people this much money? For this digital <laughs> land, like this ain't even no real land. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this ain't real. I'm like, man. So we went back to get it, and it was gone, like done. I was like, oh, it's, oh, this is real. Mm. <laughs> I said, so in 30 minutes, it went from 18, I mean, from 27,000 to 37,000 to gone. Like it's gone. I bought it. It's over with. I was like, damn, it's real. Like in my mind, I was like, okay, it's real. So I was like, all right, let's find some more. So we saw the land next to Atari. I was like, man, get it. She said, it's 40,000. I said, get it, get it mm. now. <laughs> so we spent 40,000 on some land next to Atari in the metaverse that we still now, the crazy part is you got the plot. My logo is on it. So now we got to pay like a web two or web three designer. Yeah to come develop the land and put something on it. But that's cool because in my mind, I won't create a Wall Street Trapper store in there. 
And in the side of the store, we can, you know, do whatever we want to do. Again, me going to pay somebody that's real brilliant at doing that. And here we go. And so we're going to do the same thing in Decentraland. And Facebook say he about eight years out. So we wait for him to drop his. We'll buy some over there. And Microsoft say they're a couple years out. We're going to buy some there too. My goal, because every metaverse is going to be its own universe. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just want to be everywhere my people at. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. That's major. That's major. That's major. Oh, man. Okay. See, Moose, now you want me to geek out on the metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) First live, now metaverse. Yeah, we'll leave that side note. We'll leave a side note. Sorry, people. Sorry. We know they're going there. I mean, we know they're going there. Like, Nike's spending hundreds of millions of dollars. And so people feel like, I remember somebody asked me, they said, it's not fair that, I said, first of all, life ain't fair. So let's right. get that out. Let's get that. Let's get the this ain't fair stuff out of our head. Like life ain't fair. Let's get that going. I said, but even if you can't get the prime real estate, it's okay to get the real estate that's a little bit out because what happens, just like the regular world, once everything gets crowded here, mm-hmm. it expands. That's it. Yeah. It only have they only have a limited amount of plots. So eventually it's going to expand to the outer areas. Go get that. You don't got to spend 40000 But if you ain't going to spend 2000 3000 5000 then, you know, so go, that's, why, that's why I love crypto. I love it because it allows me now to be interactive in the digital world. Mm. That's why I love it. Listen. Man, okay. I, got, I, got to I like it, I like it, I like it, I like oh, it. My goodness. <laughs> I, I gotta start trickling this this interview down because I promise you I can I can go. I can go and I'm not trying to be too selfish. I'm just being semi selfish. You know I mean? We good. We good. I'm with so it. I'm here. The the great thing about you is that you stay a student. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I've heard over and over again in your interviews is that you love to read and that's yeah. not necessarily common <laughs> with people who look like us. You know what I mean? Facts. So help the people out, give them like three books mm. that has helped you in branding and business. Um, Contagious was one. When we talking just business, Contagious is one. Um, there's the story in there about the, the cheese steak. Yep. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is crazy. You know, it, it just made me think big. Um, this one wasn't really a business book, but the magic of thinking big was dope for me because it helped me to just see the, like, to understand that, like, I can, I can see that, like, don't limit what you can think. If you can see it. And my team even tells me now, they're like, yo, you're such a big picture thinker. I was like, well, that's dope because if I'm a big picture thinker and I can have people around me that can execute, we've built the culture that coexists and correlates with one another, right? If I can think big and y'all, and we can then trickle down and do the tedious tasks, we can work well together because I won't do anything that I, I won't ask you to do anything that I won't do. Mm. Right. Like I, and I'm not, my team is amazing, but I pride myself on outworking them. Mm. My team is amazing. Like they go hard, 
but I pride myself on outworking them to where they got to tell me, yo, take off. Like, chill, relax. Because I never want my team to feel like they doing more work than me. Never want them to feel like that. So I always work hard on them. Work hard. Um, another book, I'm going to just keep it real, was Ray Dalio's Principles. So good. So good. That book taught me a lot about building a culture within your business, within your brand, about how to have, Ray even talks about having big picture thinkers, small picture thinkers, people that do tedious tasks, and people who are great at doing large tasks. Having raw, truthful conversations within your community, within your brand, letting your team members say what they don't feel is right. So one of the things with me, this just happened to me like a couple of weeks ago, um, somebody who's on a support team had an issue. And normally, you know, maybe a year or two, I would have been like, man, I don't care about that. I don't care what you're talking about. It's my business. It's my brand. You don't know what you're doing. Da, da, da. But I was like, all right, cool, let me hear it. And so they talk, I, I literally let them talk. And then I knew that I had grown so much because the first thing come out of my mouth was, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I thought you're absolutely right. Because what happens is being a face in the front of the brand, you sometimes don't understand what happens in the back of the brand. Mm-hmm. You, sometimes don't, you sometimes miss what's going on with the people that's pulling the levers. Right. I'm doing a class, but I ain't understanding the 50 people that send in support emails. And my, my team answering that. So Ray Dalio's book taught me a lot about being able to have those team meetings and you not going in as I'm the boss, but you going in as I'm a peer. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was great. And again, maybe not maybe a couple months ago. Me and one of my team members, one of my close team members, like they was they were telling me about the support thing, about another issue. Cause support, the support part of your business is so huge. Yep. The support part of your business is so huge. And it was like, they was just telling me about, you know, when we do a class and when we do this, we gotta have these things in place. And I was like, man, it ain't that hard to execute X, Y, and Z. And they was just like, you know, because you're teaching. You may you may not see that, and I had to step back and was like, "Damn, you're right." I'm I'm so cool, and it's not that is I'm using it as a deflector. But the minute, as a business owner, as a brand builder, you see things from other people's perspective, you immediately change the way people look at you, and you make them want to work with you so much more. So much more. Yeah. So much more. And I, I've, I've never said I have people work for me. I'm like, yo, y'all work with me because I, I not right. always, I went on Ellen. I called my team like, yo, we did that. Hit. They were like, no, you. I'm like, no, we did that. Like, we killed that. It was like, what? I was like, man, I couldn't do that without y'all. Yeah. Like, wow. y'all, y'all did this. Y'all, y'all do that. Y'all do this. It's the reason why I can speak on the live so good. It's the reason why I can teach the class so good because you did this, this, and this. You created this, this, and this. You know, we creating, you know, this, this, and this. The imagery of me, you editing this, you edit. That's why I could go on that show and do my thing. We discussing talking topics. We discussing pain points. The reason why I could go on that show and flow so good is because the work we did before I got to the show. Right. And not just the day before, the weeks before, the months before, the year before. So 
nah, y'all were, we build this brand together. Not just me. I just get the privilege of looking good on the front street. You know what I'm saying? So um, that Ray Dalio book helped me out a lot when it came to building that culture. Those, And he talks about it in the book, culture, principles, and values that you need to have those three things. And they need to be established in your brand. Why that we everybody know what what they're being held to. Um, and that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. You know, I go so for contagious and principles. I got <laughs> ra- random fact uh, trap. So, you know, you know about Big Bob, right? Mm-hmm. So he sent me a signed copy of Contagious. Mm. And I like that's like one of the most precious mm. thing. Like we're not touching that too much. Like I open it. I'll go straight to my audiobook because that one right yeah. there, I'm like, yeah. Contagious yeah. like changed my life. Yeah. And then yeah. of course, principles that radically open minded. If y'all didn't look, look, look at me, people. If you don't <laughs> read that book, especially that part, we've spoken, me and Moose have spoken about it several yeah. times, especially that radically yeah. open minded part. Yeah. I I promise that's gonna change your whole life. That's gonna change your whole life. Moose. Yeah. Your yeah. Last Man, question. trap. Man, it's been an honor, bro. I, I think I, it's without question that people know you as, you know, the the, the stock king right now. So we, mm-hmm. we didn't want to talk stocks, but for oh, you yeah. to let us into, you know, your business, your brand, your mind, and just let us see this, it's been an honor, bro. I, I can't thank you enough for just being so transparent, being so humble. You know, everything has it's, it's been out of this world. Typically, this this whole show for us started as... A mistake, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it was the the pandemic quarantine. We was like, oh yeah, let's talk about you know the MJ documentary, and we start, and then it turned into a podcast. And we were like, yo, when when Kobe passed, we wanted to do something that can actively give people their credit, their flowers while they're still mm-hmm. here. This is our way of doing it. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to wait and be like, yo, remember what Trap did? No, it's like this is our way of doing it now. You know, whether you know it or not, you've you definitely inspired us in, in many ways. And it's, it's good to have you on here. Final question, because I know, uh, at least from my end, I know you are big on, on being present for your daughter. That's a big part of, you know, your time freedom and, and what you do for her. Just uh, what, what are some, you know, maybe some tips that you would give to people who are trying to build this business, build their brand. But they're like, man, but I need to be present for my children. And they're having struggles, maybe balancing you know, that time together? So my business, my brand, this was really anchored to my daughter because I knew that working 10, 12, 16 hours a day, seven days a week, six days a week, was going to not let me be the father I wanted to be. I grew up, I don't even know my pop. Never met him a day in my life. And that made me say, whenever I have a child, like I want to be so present in their life. Mm. And when I quit that job, I could have went to another job that would have took me first because I left Atlanta and went 
back to Louisiana. I went to Lake Charles, which is right out three hours outside of New Orleans. And I was like, if I leave this job and go to another, I'm going to go further away from my daughter. I never want to do that. And so for people who are trying to find that balance, I want you to never let the business, never let the business be your master. Like I don't let the bit, like I will stop doing this and go spend time with my daughter. Because when I get with her, she rejuvenates me to go do business. Right. So put principles around that, like make time for fam. I don't care like what you feel like you missing out on. Again, I believe in God a lot. I've really in my mind feel like I'm not smart enough to do this. I feel like in my mind, God just be using me and I'm just a, a, a little puppet that he does stuff with. And I feel like we get rewarded when we put our family first. It's just me. Not That's all good. your family, because there's this, there's issues, yeah. but like your kid or your spouse, I feel like you can become a slave to the business and that can draw you away. So for me, I set boundaries. Like, all right, my daughter's birthday about to come up. That means for one week, like I'm not going to be as active on my page and stuff as I would normally be. Because one day my daughter told me, Daddy, you don't got time. You're going to be at work. And I held that. And I said, I never want her to ever feel like anything comes before her. Mm. So now when I'm with her, I put the phone in my pocket. Every now and then I'll peek at it, but it's never long enough for her to be like, Daddy. Like, no, what's up? What you want? What we doing? What you want to do? Even if I don't feel like doing it, I'm going to do it. It's because I never want her to get older and resent what I do for a living. That's good. I never want her to resent that. So I I've I anchored my business to her and I built time frames around my business from when I'm with her. Now when she comes spending time with me, I'm gonna make sure I spend two, three, four, I'm gonna spend time with her. And then I'll cut out a little time because I'm not just gonna go dormant from it. But when she's here, she's the most important thing. And if we make our family and we make our kids feel like they're the most important thing, they accept the business and start resenting the business. That's good. That's but trap. We got to finish this whole conversation, metaverse, more about like yeah. there's too much. But part the two. next time this yeah, this conversation happens, right. it has to be on Big Trap Media. Okay, That's a fact. I'm just That's letting y'all know. That's a fact. The next time you hear any of these conversations, we're going on his platform. Because yeah, this is this is a lot. Look, uh, just like how Moose says, we just want to extend this platform to give you your flowers. Because I mean, there's nobody who's doing it like you. And for um, our audience, like we had to break this down on like, look. He's a regular guy. Yeah. And let let us break this down so you can see how this regular guy t- turned into a huge influencer, turned into a huge brand, turned into a huge company. Like, this is, thank you for just breaking this down like that. Like, for real, for real. So let the people know 
where they can find you. And we normally do final words. So you, you got the stages. What, what's the final words you got for the people? Uh, something that, that always sticks with me and something that I say is, let the consequences of building wealth be a lifetime of freedom. I think that's important for me because it keeps me going on this journey. Um, my goal is to free as many people as I can. And it's freeing them from the things they've been taught about wealth, meaning they can't attain it, meaning they need a lot of money to get started, or even people who I still relate to in the trenches that feel like they don't have a way out, right? The consequences of building wealth will become a lifetime of freedom. But I want you to understand this, and this you have to change for what you say you want or you got to change what you say you want. You got to change for what you say you want or you got to change what you say you want because what we say we want out of our mouth can be a lot. But what are we truly changing for to attain those things? I had to remove myself from the streets to become the Wall Street trap. I had to unlearn some behaviors to become the Wall Street trapper. But the Wall Street trapper is only a representation of what I've always been. If we look at the caterpillar, it literally has to kill itself to become the butterfly. So it has to kill itself to become the best version of itself. Don't be afraid to kill yourself. Mm. Become the best version of what you're supposed to be, man. Trev, tell me where, tell me where they can find you. Tell, <laughs> I'm supposed to end it right there. You were supposed to say, find me here. And then I'm supposed to end it at this amazing thing at those bars uh, that you just said. But... Yeah. Bubba, uh, tell where you where they can find you, how they could join your community, all the like. Listen, I will say this before before we do end. I will say this: you are one of the main reasons why. What was it last year, Moose? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like I don't know about Moose side, but I went stock crazy. I didn't know what I was doing just because <laughs> you were talking. I was like, "Yo, this makes sense," but I still was so confused, Moose. We got to get stocks. He's like, all right, what are we getting? I don't know. What are we like? <laughs> like, you are one of the main reasons why we went stock crazy last year. And my dog wants to come up and and, and say hi and thank you for that, too. But uh, so people know for real, whatever this man is saying, uh, it's, it's very addicting. And you'll be like, I think I need stocks as well. I don't, I don't know a single thing about any of these platforms or how to even buy one. I like Nike. I'm gonna buy Nike. Um, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> when I tell you, we went. We we're like, all right. I don't know anything. Here you go. Boom. So tell the people what you got and where they can find you. Man, definitely. Uh... Wall Street Trapper, wall underscore street underscore trapper on Instagram, Wall Street Trapper 
on YouTube, Wall Street Trap on TikTok. Um, you know, Trap University, man, is where we have everything at, whether it's the group, whether it's you know the courses, whether it's the mentorship. Most importantly, man, I just want to tell y'all, thank y'all for having me on the platform. Um, I told y'all, man, I, I love the way y'all dish out content. It is some of the most beautiful content I've ever seen. And I'm always in awe when y'all drop something, man. Like, y'all killing it. So it definitely was an honor for me to come here and just be able to talk my talk um, and just be authentic. And I will say, y'all got some information on me that I ain't never told nobody. Talk you know about it. Talk about it. Y'all got a lot of information on me that I never, but it's cool because um, I don't. I, I love being my authentic self. I never had a problem with sharing information. Um, and I always understood that um, when you, it's kind of like when you give information down and you pass information down, you help somebody else come up. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind helping somebody come up because I had people help me on the way. You know, I'd be lying if I said nobody helped me along the way. Whether it was my aunt, great aunt, let me sleep on the sofa. Whether it's my big bro from Hood Estate telling me we got to do this. You know, you need to do this. Whether it was somebody introducing me to somebody, I had help along the way. And so for that, I don't mind helping other people. So thank y'all for even having me. Definitely, definitely, definitely love to come back there. Uh, you, you heard it. So I'm ending it at that. He said he'd come back. He said he'd come now, back, people. So that means you got to stay subscribed. Two. At least a, a couple more episodes. You know what I mean?